Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Good morning. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King, and today I'm here with Kent Maxwell from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. So you just kind of, well, you tried to head down walking and it's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, I started uh, heading down walking after some coffee and uh, got <laughs> caught in the line, so I ended up taking the car down and parking yeah. as close as I could and yeah. hoofing the rest of the distance. Uh, Portsmouth's but. such a great place and we're here at the Series Gallery. So have you always lived in New Hampshire? Or? No, I was born in New Jersey and okay. then uh, my father worked for the auto industry, so yeah. we moved out to Michigan and uh-huh. then um, I, did, I went to school in northern Idaho. And then found college in uh, New Hampshire and have kind of stuck around since. Yeah. Kind of fell in love with the uh-huh. area. That happens a lot to people. Yeah, it's kind of hard to leave when we you're. We snatch them. Yeah, I mean, it's like 45 <laughs> minutes to the water and 45 minutes to your to mountains behind your right. back and right. 45 to Boston and Portland. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. ideally located. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we spoiled? I'll tell you. Okay, so I'd like to ask this question um, How did you explore art as a child? What's the thing you can remember doing um let's see in preschool i don't know why this sticks out so much because yeah. i'm a painter and not a 3d artist by any means but i was the first kid in class to make be able to make a snake mouth in play-doh oh. and that was my claim to fame in preschool <laughs> wow um, so i think that was the start of all the art things you wrote right then, to the top. from then it was just in the margins of textbooks and uh ah. so i always had an affinity for the arts and okay. uh, drawing. And yeah. Nice. You were the doodling child in class. Yes, exactly. But yeah. listening, full, full attention. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> On good days. <laughs> um, okay, so what, what, how did it progress through your teen years and then um, college? I got really into art um, in high school, and I was exposed to other artists they had a great program and uh, they put on a senior show and just wow. the amount of um, different works and just quality of it really inspired me to yeah. keep going and then uh, and what was the medium that you were doing at that point I was just starting to do um, painting and I was doing a little more digitally okay yeah. Um, yeah, that's... and then in the school I went to in Idaho one of the kids fathers owned like a dick blick type store so he oh just my gosh ship tons of all different art supplies there and wow. so I just dove headfirst into all that paint and uh, oh, I've never wow. looked back since I, I, I love it so much so you had a lot of time to to explore with multimedia which yeah. which is what you do now yeah exactly yeah yeah was not someone telling you do this do that no I um yeah. I've always had a kind of way of doing my thing never colored inside the lines well so uh <laughs> It's uh, definitely has to be my way, even with uh, landscapes I do. I knew I didn't want to do landscapes the traditional way, and that's where a lot of the mixed media came in. But 
Yeah, it's a lot of it just exposure to different types of art that kind of. So you were you were doing you were discovering that style, which is your style today, mm -hmm. um, before college. Yeah, I picked up a paintbrush when I was about fourteen or fifteen, yeah. uh, and Very then nice. eighteen at college I got the formal education, and that's right. where my kind of love of the surrealists came in, and yeah. um, then branched back out to. Uh, landscapes. And you went to UNH, correct? I went to New England College. New England College. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, no I don't worries. know why I had that in my head. <laughs> oh, it's cool. I think everything, every, like in Portsmouth, everyone's associated with the UNH by some means. Well, I heard about you over at the Art Association, and um, they call you the kid over there. So. The kid. <laughs> the kid who's making waves. <laughs> yeah, I try. Uh, so tell me, um, how did you actually get over to the Art Association? Uh, I moved to Portsmouth because I knew I wanted to live here. It's just too yeah. nice of a city. And yeah. then, um, you know, it's very culturally, you know, aware. And uh, I love all the different activities they have going on from, you know, their Halloween parade. Yeah. They have a parade for everything here. And I love that. <laughs> um, so I got here and then um, started investigating the art scene. And yeah. uh, it was just down the road for me. So I went and applied and... Uh, thankfully didn't get in the first time mm -hmm. um and it I, I sometimes those i don't want to call them rejections but setbacks make mm -hmm. you uh work harder at what you want to do so mm -hmm. definitely sped up the uh progress i was making with my landscapes okay so i'm very appreciative of that yeah yeah <laughs> Sounds a little... well I, w I would like to cover this in depth a little bit oh, later sure. and i wrote it down here so we won't forget um but let's go back to you know college and your greatest inspiration that you said the um, surrealist surrealism was affected your painting and and seemed to be inspirational to you but what about any particular teachers that you had at t at new england college uh, mm -hmm. a professor named daryl for camp uh, mm -hmm. he was uh, a great mentor to me there and mm -hmm. um when i graduated he told me i have what it takes but i'm lazy as shit oh <laughs> um, oh wow that, that really uh struck me struck home there's so, some inspiration uh, huh? now i'm uh a lot of my friends call me a workaholic and uh, <laughs> oh boy so uh two ends of the yeah complete flip engine. around oh, boy. Um, but yeah he was my painting teacher my sculpture yeah. mixed media teacher he really um just loved to and expressed to me about when you're working in a certain medium push that to the fullest extent you can for that medium wow so nice. I try to do that with all my mixed media pieces as well. Right, right. Yeah. I love it. How would you describe your work? Because I love, actually, I love your artist statement on your website. It's it's fantastic. Do you want to read it? Um, sure. That would here. I've got it right here. It's actually so beautifully written. Uh, the time I wrote it, I swear. Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Took me forever to write. It's it. just so concise, but just lovely. The intention behind my artwork is to transport viewers to worlds unseen while imbuing them with a sense of nostalgia or mystery. My process draws on color, pattern, and texture from familiar elements in nature, which I arrange through paint and encaustic techniques into visual, uh, visuals of unfamiliar places. I veer away from the detail presented in traditional landscapes and hyper-realistic scenery and instead highlight universal visuals through an impressionistic focus. In this way, I aim to paint a porthole to another world, not a view out the window. The effect is liberation from the world, 
we inhabit in this present moment and an escape to a place with the eerie familiar familiarity of the lost memory. Mm. Yeah, it's just that, especially the eerie familiarity part of the lost memory. Yeah. And I view your work. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, that's really... I give just enough of an outline and then I really enjoy how the viewers take right. it. And right. sometimes it's way out there, their uh, <laughs> interpretations. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, spot on. So. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, um, when did you get into encaustics? Was um, school? No, this was just me dabbling about in the studio probably yeah. six years ago. I started melting um, candles onto canvases and getting um, these really interesting patterns and starting to develop these flows and movements with the candles to get these patterns. And so, so really that's I, right. That's how encaustic works. I, it, I really that's don't how know much encaustic about it. doesn't work. <laughs> Okay. Because there's, it's completely different than candle wax. <laughs> uh -huh. As soon as I got it vertical, uh, it held for a little bit, but it all just popped right off the canvas. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. So that's when I uh, so discovered encaustic was medium. an actual okay. like, beeswax. Oh, there's a whole process. Oh, okay, okay. So it started with me just yeah. you know, experimenting with different, well, just a regular candle. And, oh, my gosh. Um, then I realized that it was a whole beeswax, yeah. more resin, and then you chip in the pigments. and yeah. The whole process of it is very uh, appealing to me. It's very quick. And, so is uh, it similar to, I mean, you're burning it, you're melting it. Yeah, onto... it's you're laying layers of different uh, waxes, oh. pigmented waxes onto layers, and then you fuse it all together with a heat gun or you can wow. make a torch. It really does have like limitless possibilities. Huh. You can dig cool. back into it and get it to look more like a fluid artwork if you get it all going mm -hmm. correctly. I mean. It was, uh, I would love to do more of it, but yeah. in my opinion, it's too expensive of a medium for me to be that bad at. <laughs> by the end, it's just like a pile of wax on the floor. And I'm like, well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Non-recyclable, huh? Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to yeah. do it. Um, oh, then you it, just have gray. Yeah. But even my experiments in that, um, that's when and I first started incorporating uh, pine needles was in actually into encaustics before work, my landscape works. And mm. uh, so that and the heat gun you do to fuse all the wax layers together, I use that in my paintings now. Wow. Well, I, you've got some encaustics on your website, which yeah. I think are, are pretty beautiful. Yeah, but, they're, um, they, uh, I got lucky on a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. just a very... Um, I, I don't know how quite how to put it, but it's a very uh, cathartic yeah. type of art yeah. for it, me. It's just very. I, I've if, I've been intrigued by it, but I, I just didn't know. I'd highly recommend it. Never it's just... never picked anyone's brain on that before, so I'll have to give it a try. Okay, so um, tell us about your current process, and you're a full time artist, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And so do you have, you have your studio here? Yes, I've got and, it in uh, Portsmouth here. Okay, nice. And so what's your, what does a typical day look like? We'll start there. Uh, typical day usually starts about 7.30 when the dog runs in and jumps on the bed and <laughs> that's when the day gets going. Um, so take him to the park and uh, come back and by about 9.30 or so, ready to get to work. So just get in the studio and start painting it's not um mm. i have usually i go in there and i have no idea what to paint or what i'm doing or it's just a matter of putting the brush to the canvas and yeah. that's eventually something starts to uh roll out it's it's a too long of a waiting game if you just wait for inspiration right. to strike sure. Um, sure and a lot of it you can 
I find I can find little inspirations in these new colors I blend and mm. that excites me to build onto that and uh, keep it going. So. Right, so when you start out to do one of your paintings, you don't usually have something in your head. No. You're just I putting just, the brush on, seeing where it's going. Yeah, the brush and the color don't what come until later. So it's just the blank white canvas and then pushing materials literally into the canvas with modeling paste and spackle and joint compounds. So then I add coffee grounds and sand and all sorts of things to give it some grit and to really build away from the surface. I saw that. How did you ever think of doing coffee grounds? Um, I was just drinking too much coffee at the time and I had a lot of coffee grounds. <laughs> and um, I mean, all of this idea snowballed. I was working an odd job at a farm down in Stratum and uh, quickly learned that I'm a terrible farmer <laughs> and that the you soil would, <laughs> would never come out of my hands. And, yeah. um, I wanted to put that weight into these fictional places. Mm. So it started with a blank white canvas and throwing dirt at it and kind of seeing the patterns that happened. And wow. then it kind of, it's slowly snowballed into oh, coffee and, oh, I live next to the beach. Let's try the sand. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I've gone, mixed my own uh, asphalt and gone as far as toothpaste. I tried that in a piece and that worked <laughs> phenomenally until yeah. I woke up to the dog eating it ooh, in the middle of the night. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I'm always just, like I said, pushing the boundaries of what right. mixed media is, right. particularly with that medium of there really isn't a limit to it. It's yeah. just, uh, it makes it that much more exciting to me. So does it, it mix and you use oil or acrylics? Acrylic. acrylic. I need the acrylics. That part plastic really helps bind it all together. I see. Okay. Um, and how about, how does this last? How do these materials last? Do you know? Uh, is anyone other? been you, painting them you know. with coffee grounds for I don't know, 18 years or so yeah um so i've never had any issues yeah. or problems no one's called and said my bird no. just ate the coffee grounds <laughs> off the painting no no <laughs> my knock, son knock on wood, not yet <laughs> not yet oh that's interesting to to hear that's that's pretty amazing yeah i mean it they do go through a uh, rather rigorous cleaning process yeah. beforehand, especially like when I use the eggshells. I don't use eggshells in too many of my pieces because it's such a yeah. bizarre and frankly gross medium to have to clean out. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so you're pulling this stuff out of your head, but where, you must fill your, your head with this somewhere. Where are you drawing from? Hmm. Walking the beach? Yeah, I mean, I go to the, take the dog to the beach. Yeah. Um, my dog uh, recently went blind about two and a half months ago. Oh. Got um, diagnosed with uh, SARDS. And when the vet told me that, I was like, do I need a mask or yeah. is this SARDS? And he was like, no, it's SARDS. Oh, SARDS with the yeah. D, yeah. I got like, oh my God, where did he get this from? <laughs> no. uh, but it was sudden, um, sudden acquired retinal degeneration. So over about a okay. week, he just went blind. So I take him to the beach quite a bit just because it's free. To, there's nothing for him to bump into. Yeah. Um, and I think I do draw on the scenery there, but it's more mm -hmm. listening to the waves and that calming cadence of them, you know, mm -hmm. coming up on the beach. Or if you go a little towards the rocks, that when it comes back down, that rock slide sound. Oh, is, yeah. Isn't it's that beautiful. to die for? That's um, my favorite. I, I'd like to, you know, it just kind of comes out that feeling of being calm. Yeah. If there's a real nice scene or something that I want to replicate in a way. I'll take a blurry picture to capture the mm. palette of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to 
remember that detail. Right. Or, Interesting. It's huh. yeah. cool. Do you ever go out and paint plein air at all? Not particularly. It's no. kind of goes, it's, um, my paintings can take like a drastic turn at any point. Yeah. Um, and when I have to stick to the script of what I'm looking at, a photo or yeah. a scene, it just kind of mm. feels like it loses its kind of liveliness to me. It's mm. not as yeah. expressive. Right, right. So um, in your studio, do you ever put on like wave sounds? Yeah, a lot of kind of ambient music. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I have to do a kind of a correlation thing between what music's playing and what artwork comes out of it. But uh, I think definitely the more blues scenes and calming ones are ambient yeah. music. Uh, yeah. Just uh, they're more of a mood than a scene, just a calming right. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I love, in particular, the sound of waves on my Pandora. <laughs> no, it's just, like, it's so relaxing and yeah. tranquil and um, just the natural nature's cadence of the waves. Right. So you're going along and you're putting on, you put on the um, the, the grime, grounds and the modeling paste and sand, etc. And then you paint over it? Uh, not quite. Just start, all that material gets on there and you kind of move in it with different paint scrapers and trowels and then I've gotten into some gardening tools to move it around mm -hmm. and you kind of just see what the, it'll create little 2d three air kind of like low reliefs yeah and you kind of just blend let your eyes blur and see what kind of shape takes place and then right. slowly move in color with the texture and I then see. wean out the texture oh, okay. so it's always a process of building yeah. more material on top Right. Um, the colors just get thicker towards the end. Yeah. And how do you know when it's done? Um, it's like <laughs> the artist question. Like, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's hard to kind of express, but it's the feeling I get from it. It's mm -hmm. the, um, it's not necessarily what I saw in the beginning or the feeling, but the process of however the painting went definitely influences like a, a real frustrated piece usually turns red at some point or another. Um, <laughs> but wow. it's just, uh, it kind of is a sense that it, at some point it's like if I make another mark, it, it's going to detract from the painting. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But you never know. There's been a couple paintings that I've had that have been these very warm underpaintings, and they're really going to turn into these warm ocean waves. And then some friends took them from my houses. Or took them from my house saying uh -huh. it was done. Yeah. Don't yeah, touch that. Right, right. And, uh, they didn't trust mine. me enough to <laughs> so, so so let's delve into that. Do you typically do a painting in a day or do you come back the next day and look at it and work well, it again? Or I have about six or so larger works going. So larger work, okay. anything from um, larger than a foot by a foot is uh, a large piece to me. Okay. Um but I probably have about 15 minis, so 15 under a foot by a foot, and six bigger ones going at any given point. I see. Because um, it's layer, next canvas, layer, next canvas, oh. and even with the heat gun in my left hand while I paint and it dries almost instantaneously, I need oh. to let that, I keep it a little little warm with the heat gun to get it tacky and you can peel and carve back in with saws. and. Um, but if you eventually you're gonna to have to let it cool down or else it starts to bubble and oh, um, wow. yeah, yeah it's all quite a process yeah it's a lot of uh it's kind of like a 
mashup of all different processes. Yeah, you'll and, have to do some videos someday. Put them out on YouTube. Oh, I've got plenty of uh, be interesting. time lapses up there. It's yeah? Just, it looks... Do you put them on... Do you have an Instagram? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen your Instagram. Your, your website's beautiful. Thank you. And do you have some of those time lapses on your Instagram? Uh, yeah. Actually, I believe all of my time lapses are on my Instagram. Okay, and what's that? I'm my Instagram just... is K Maxwell Art. And while we're there, we'll just say your website is kentmaxwellart.com. Dot com. So, um, yeah, I can spell. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's see. Future plans and projects. What do you got coming up and going on? Um, let's see. This month, um, at the end of this month, I'll be doing the Neptune Arts Festival. That's down in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. So go down and do that. Um, that's next weekend. And then the following weekend, I'll be in Camden, Maine, doing the Camden Books and Arts Fair. Mm-hmm. Let's see, the weekend after that, I will be down in Northampton, Mass, for the Paradise City Art Shows. Okay. And I think I have a week off. And then I'll, the following week, I'm down for Art Eclectic in Nashville. Wow. And so do you drive to all these? Yeah, I have to yeah. drive. I have to bring my daughter. My youngest lives in Nashville. It's a great place. I uh, this is my own, this is my first full year being out on the road oh, on the okay. art fair circuit. Yeah. So I kind of chose places I wanted to go sure. visit regardless. And I Nashville see Boca Raton in January. That was well planned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little midwinter break. <laughs> Get away. Yeah. Um, so uh, is the jury out as, as to how successful they are, how much you enjoy them? I love doing it. You do. I really do. Um, the setup, the takedown, um, like building your own tent and everything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, wor- it's work, but it's uh, a lot of fun. I, I mean, there's when I'm in my tent, there's nobody that knows my work better or is more passionate about it. So right. Right. I'm, I really enjoy yeah. sharing what I do with other people. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I'm still figuring out which shows are the best for me where right. work does well. Um, so you think this is something you'll continue with? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. Uh, enjoy just, you know, I like audiobooks, and um, so that mm-hmm. seems to play well with the long mm-hmm. road trips. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I really enjoy seeing new places and even as wild, like as far as these are on the uh, East Coast from each other, from Presque Isle down to Florida, like it's funny you still see the same faces. Of, yeah. uh, I've seen the same guy from Boston three times this wow. year, from Maine, Boston, and Florida. How about that? As it becomes like this small world a little bit, and yeah. um, I really, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah. I thought it would be a little more cutthroat, like "Oh, you stole my sail," or mm-hmm. this. Stuff. But the uh, immediately once you go and you just see the camaraderie between everybody everybody just wants everybody yeah, to do well that's excellent. and uh, it makes nice. it a lot easier to like oh, yeah. get into and um, yeah. you know really want to stay right oh that's that's awesome so what defines success for you as an artist um it's a, a deep one <laughs> um well obviously um Success? Are we thinking while I'm alive or after I've passed? Oh, I think now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, ideally, one day I'd love to have my piece of my work in a major museum. Right. Um, 
that's one of those. It probably won't happen when I'm alive, but who Don't knows? Another knock knows? on wood. Who knows? Um, but I'd like to, uh, I don't know. I don't really ever see myself retiring. I'm, mm-hmm. I love making art and creating, and I'm sure my what I'm working in will change, but I'm sure I'll work for the rest of my life. So right. um, I think I will be doing a lot of these shows and know which ones are the great ones for me by then down the road. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it'd be, I think it'd be nice to have like a, some sort of apprentice who can just drag my work down for me. Yes, I'll meet could, you. <laughs> yeah, I could just fly. Yeah, I could just fly. That would be a nice. That's future goal, like no. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of saving up right now. I'm looking um, to buy some land. I'd really like to build my own house, to, yeah. like myself. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, small little things, and I keep uh, right. finding the right fares and the right collectors to um, right. support that dream. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's... Um a lot of your success is or what you feel is success is obviously connecting with you know the public and yeah and even when people come mm-hmm. into my tent and it's apparent they're not into my work or mm-hmm. have no intention of buying it and that's fine with me um but i just love hearing their like oh well i don't like it but doesn't that look like when we went on vacation <laughs> like all right <laughs> very interesting what, yeah. what people will say well, I mean, you must love when you make a sale, right? Oh, absolutely. Isn't that just yeah. meeting the person and you know having someone love your work so much? Mm-hmm. I think it's always such a plus. So yeah, being out there and doing that and meeting them is is huge. Um, so let's go back a little bit to the New Hampshire Art Association. So when I did, I did Sunapee this year, and you were mm-hmm. there. It was my first time doing with the Art Association, and. Uh, we got to talking, you know, about how do we keep the young crowd into the art association. So I thought you might have some ideas. What do you think? What what uh, do, what do you do over there? Do you participate on a regular basis anymore, or are you kind of too busy? Um, I'm trying to find time just to make work. I'm pretty yeah. busy all the time. Whether it's yeah. and even not if I'm driving to a show or anything, there's a whole day of packing and unpacking mm-hmm. on either end and mm-hmm. then before you know it it's unpacking and packing on the same day for the next show mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to find work to even or time to even make my own work yeah. uh, and I don't get to go down there as much as I'd like to um, right so how long have you been in Portsmouth um let's see I was in Portsmouth first moved seven years ago okay and then Six years ago, I moved to Dover mm-hmm. and lasted a little bit in Dover and was like, I need to get back to the ocean. <laughs> so I eventually uh, made it back to Portsmouth and I've yeah. been here just about five years now. Okay. So did you find the Art Association more helpful when you first moved in mm-hmm. and in what ways? Um, it was, they have a lot of great opportunities to show at different areas right. and they're, um, you know, they're very friendly and mm-hmm. it's um, a good space. Yeah. Yeah, they've updated. It's really gorgeous now. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job. And what about programs within the Art Association? Um, did you go to any of them at that time? No, I did not. And what do you what do you think might appeal to the younger crowd to do over there as far as programming? You know, pe- kids sure coming you, out of college. I, and yeah. They're, um, and they're wanting to get off the ground. Yeah, I'd say the best thing for somebody just looking to get off the ground is go put your work in. I think they have a new member during mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd absolutely recommend that. Um, like I said before, I got uh, turned down my first time and it helped me immensely. Um, right. right. And uh, I think it's good to see in a, particularly in an area like Portsmouth where it's, um, you know, it recognizes the value in art um, right. to see that it is possible to make a career out of this. Mm -hmm. um, I think within the last year, they have done some focus workshops on um, the aspect of the marketing career. I part. did take one class with yeah. them. Uh, it was at UNH. I think it was a Saturday and a Sunday or one long Saturday. And it was okay. on social media and marketing. Yeah. Um, okay. And I found that very useful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think those kinds of things have... Um, so I live an hour away. I don't usually get down to their things on weekends, unfortunately. but. Yeah, I think they're really doing some great stuff over there. So what do you find uh, to be your best venues to get your work out? Um, my best venue is my own booth. The, yeah. Um, yeah. The, I mean, the location obviously matters where the booth is. Um, yeah. But my work has seemed to do uh, fairly well up in Maine and Mm -hmm. around this area and actually in Nashville as well. Yeah. So, uh, nice. you know, I chose Nashville on a whim and I kind of keep going back because I really enjoy that yeah. city. Yeah. It's great. So even better than your social media, even you find all that. Bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I, I find I don't sell much of my work online. Mm -hmm. The only people I sell to online are people who have seen it in person. Interesting. My yeah. work is so heavily textured yeah, and gritty yeah, and layered. Um, I'm, it just is hard to capture in a photograph. Right. I uh, think I had seen your website, and then when I went into your booth at Sunapee, I said, well, what are you doing under there? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't see that. You you know, you just really can't appreciate yeah. it online. So, wow, that's that's cool. That's yeah. Truck it around the country. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. It's, uh, I mean, sometimes there are nightmares, like this last one I did in uh, Bar Harbor. It was set up Friday, take down Sunday, and it's Friday through Saturday, right. or Friday through Sunday, rather. And uh, Friday, we get there set up, and then learn that Doreen's coming in. Oh, right. So we had to break down Friday. Uh. There, was nothing, <laughs> there was no fair on Saturday, and then reset up and take down on Sunday. So it turned into a lot more work than it was, but it's still like, I really enjoy. Yeah, um, it's true. There's nothing you can do about it. No, I mean, they had everybody take down their booths on Friday because the winds were supposed to be 50 right. mile an hour gusts and it was damage to property and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny at the end of the fair, it was like, what, 15 minutes to go before it ended. And they're like, get out of the tents because oh, yeah. there was lightning <laughs> yeah. 10 miles away. <laughs> everybody out. It's going to lightning touchdown. Uh, like, Blue skies. <laughs> And then, you know, five minutes before five, they're like, go back in. You got, you can still stay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People were in their cars leaving. Yeah. Oh, that was bizarre. But so I, you know, one thing I experienced at Centipede because my paintings were on the end. Well, I guess everybody. No, there were some that were on the inside, but mine was on an outside wall. And I kind of probably put one painting too low. So everything just got so dusty. Yep. Yeah. yeah. How do you... How do you take care of them and, um, and kind of clean them afterwards? The work? Yeah. Um, well, the work's all varnished, so I can kind of just yeah. wipe those off easily, gently. Yeah. Um, and then when I travel with all the frames I make, some of them yeah. have a tendency to get dinged up a little bit. So I just right. take a 220 grit sandpaper and 
you know, okay. clean them up a little bit. Okay. But nice. uh, I've definitely hung from like floor to ceiling yeah. for a booth and um, realized that's not going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I brought my entire studio <clears throat> with me to my first show and realized <laughs> this was not how it's supposed to be done. Oh, gosh. So you're not the kind that's going to sit there and paint your. And do you ever set up anything to, to show people what kind of what your process is? Um, not really. If people come over to the studio and see, because I kind yeah. of yeah. spread out. I've got all these different jars of combination of textures. <laughs> Secret. Yeah, it, it is a studio, but it feels like a laboratory. <laughs> oh, no. Mad scientist. Ah, I love it. So I was just going to say, describe your studio space, but you are. So is it bright and airy, big? Yeah, it's like a <clears throat> sunroom. And it's, oh, wow. Um, yeah, three, awesome. three walls of windows. Wow. Uh, so, it's, like yeah. And then outside of that, I have a big room, and that's where I do all my framing and uh -huh. have enough room to, you know, stretch out and glue the wood. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I just recently moved from a different apartment to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's nice to have space to spread out and not yeah. have to put away an entire medium to work in a different one. Nice, nice. Yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, what's been your greatest challenge so far as an artist, whether in anything? Um, I think probably uh, it, it came real early, and it was, um, I don't, I'm not sure challenge, but it was best lesson I would say is uh, that just because you're making great art people aren't, may not be ready to buy great art <laughs> um, I didn't have this understanding of like I'm making this beautiful product and why is this, why do I still have it why mm -hmm. is it not sold and um, mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong so it was mm -hmm. uh, you know you can always take that personally but it's just uh, another ability and chance to improve on you know how to get your work out there how to sell right. it and, right. uh, you know it's you learn something new every day whether it's mm -hmm. something that could be as trivial as a hashtag or um, yeah. you know a whole new color that you developed so yeah. it's I try to learn something new and apply it yeah so did, did that realization affect how you created art or did you just say this is how I how I am expressing my art and I will find the right crowd to appreciate it. It was much more the latter. Yeah. Um, I knew what I was making is not wrong. If there right, is such right, a thing as right. wrong but art. But we don't doubt ourselves. Oh, yeah, then, absolutely. Yeah, um, stuck with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, uh, I used those as much more motivations. I've got a thumbtack of all, uh, I mean, all the juried shows I do around the East Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got plenty of rejection letters, too, that mm -hmm. I have thumbtacks to my wall mm -hmm. just um more motivation for me right right well can't wait to see where you're going to be in five to ten years you got any big high lofty thoughts other than getting that apprentice <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i can't wait for is not to have to drive my own work um no i think by that time i'd like to have my own um small house that i built yeah. and then a bigger studio and uh yeah really be in my own area and create a own yeah. world essentially of my kind nice. of creativity yeah nice yeah i love how you've you've just developed your own really lovely style it's it's really something to see in person so are you in any local galleries uh i have i believe i have one mini left at the nakata gallery okay 
on Congress Street. Um, okay. But that's all I have up in town for now. Um, all right, if you could spend the day with any artist, past or present, who would it be and what would you do? Um, it's hard not to say Magritte, just because I think I would just want to talk to him and watch him paint and listen to what kind of goes on in that head. <laughs> um, but I think as far as uh, probably... If you wanted to have like a party, I'd say Warhol or something. You know, he's got his own factory. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people that I'd love for like an hour. Right, like, right. I really don't like your work, but I just love this one thing you did. Need to see what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, when I was in college, I fell in love with all the surrealists. And mm -hmm. so Magritte and Dali and um, De Carico, probably De Carico, I have the name on Giorgio De Carico. Um, mm -hmm. His work was just, I think it was too early, and it was, uh, it's bizarre and oddly calming, and, and yeah. just uh, like gloves and weird statue busts of heads, and then a bunch of arches. It's just, right. so uh, I, I find his work very um, influential in my works. Right, right. Nice. And so when you go down to Boca Raton, you can go to the Dowie Museum in St. Petersburg, if you've never yeah. been. I went down last year and had a terrible fare down in Florida. Uh-oh. And the only thing that I look back on that trip about going well was I stopped at you the did. Dolly Museum. Good for you. I got there. I was the first one there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, place. I'm pretty sure this is the right building because there's ants crawling up the side <laughs> of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm at the right place. But it was um, the first time they'd shown... Magritte and, uh, Magritte and uh, oh, okay. Dolly together. Okay. So they had these, whatever exhibit area they're doing, it was all red velvet, floor to ceiling. And um, then at the very end, it, you went into this kind of padded room and it was like you were on a cloud. And it, it was just, oh it gosh. was the most surreal. <laughs> surreal, yeah. Been in. And it was, uh, that was I, it. I loved it. Uh, wow. So that was the saving grace of that trip. Um, okay, give us your best advice for other artists. Uh, best advice? I'd say never stop creating. Uh, take care of your brushes. or extensions mm -hmm. of your hands. Yeah. And, yeah, have fun. Yeah. If it's not bringing you joy, uh, you need to change your style. Yeah. Oh, good point. Not and to make it sound like that new... If it doesn't bring joy, throw it out type of thing. <laughs> but um, you, you got to be, uh, you got to enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it, it shows in the work. Yeah. And I think what I've got out of interviewing you today is stay true to what you're creating that is indeed bringing you joy and stick with it mm -hmm. because there are other people who will connect with that. Yeah. You know, you just got to find them. They're out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been great. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. So I'm going to just say a brief note here. We've got um, the first annual Artists of New England podcast, Paint Out and Party, <laughs> coming up on September 29th, Sunday, September 29th. We'll be meeting at um, the Great Common in Newcastle and painting from two to five. And then we'll be coming down here to the series gallery from six to nine, where you're Welcome to bring some snacks and some libations to share. And I think we're going to have the You've Got to Be Kidding Me ukulele group. 
that I teach at the Senior Center coming in for some music. So I hope to see everybody. Come on out and say hello. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.